Blog Talk Radio. Hey, peace, everybody. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, all of that, man. Uh, welcome to Dow Tuesdays, man, Cosmic Ascension Within the Tree of Life. And we're actually talking about the human ascension process within the Tree of Life by incorporating some of the what we call Taoist principles from the East and whatnot, man. So this is a phenomenal, phenomenal series. If you're new to this series, a lot of you may just be tuning in. Go back into the archives and look for show number one. Each show is numbered, all right? So this is going to be a 10 to 11-week dialogue, 10-week in, 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 in theory. The 11th week, we may go ahead and open up the lines. Any questions you have from the series, we'll go ahead and answer those questions. So definitely get you a notebook, something to write with, and dedicate that notebook to this particular course right here. Because this is uh this is classic, I, I must say so myself. It's just phenomenal, phenomenal information, you know, um, um, that's here and whatnot. So of course, um, big shout out to the fam. We just left the Equinox celebration. Uh, big shout out to Minister Jew Keisha Kilder, the whole Mac team who was there, who actually held it down and had a wonderful time. Uh, I wasn't personally in the building because I'm slated to be in the studio for this project on Thursday, the Zodiac Made Easy, which is going to release on iTunes on 420, along with another project called Planets of Harmony, the Frequency of God. So mark your calendars for 420 pre-release on iTunes and 519, May 19th, uh, for the official release on iTunes for these two projects called Planets of Harmony, and the other one is called Zodiac Made Easy. So mark your calendars on that. But uh, excellent time, man. In fact, man, it, the energy was so high in Florida, and I was in the loop every step of the way. Um, some phenomenal things happened. There's a radio show that's been created by the prime minister right here Sunday morning, 11 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time. So 11 in the morning this Sunday. Tune in and listen for yourself about the phenomenal thing that has actually um, has taken place. And um, I'm, I'm going to have to leak a little bit of it because the the, the story is, um, well, the subject matter. If you look at the show, you will see that it's called Spring Equinox Clearing the Mystic Fog. And there was fog around, you know what I mean, on the beach. And Minister Jew and the whole team who was together, their energy was so high that they actually made the fog disappear in their area only, and to the right and to the left, everybody else had fog, and they didn't have no fog, and actually have the pictures. So when we look at the radio show via online, you can see actually slideshows of actual pictures that go with the radio show. The pictures will be uploaded on that particular show, so you can see for yourself on how you can be so in tune with elements, so in tune with nature, that nature will start to conform to your will. Very important to understand that. So tune in this Sunday. Write that down. It's Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, all right? Also, join the website. And then when you go to the website, go to um, um, myastrologycoach.com, of course, which is the mother site. Go to the membership tab. You'll see the full moon empowerment club that's there. We get together every full moon when the moon is at her glory, and uh, we get together via meditation, positive words of affirmations, and we tap into the universal theme of the cosmic mother, the moon is there. Now I always say that the moon has a gravitational pull on the earth. It does. It controls the high tides and the low tides of all of the water on the earth. It has to have an effect on human consciousness, and it does. It was recorded as the Transylvania effect in medical journals. Everybody knows when the full moon comes out, there's the wolf's 
the wolves be out howling. All right? So even they pay respect to the moon. There's a certain um, energy that's available at this time. So we tap into that energy by really just respecting what we have in space. That's what I love about this is because we respect and honor where we at in real space and time right now. So it's, very, it's a very, very cool thing to be a part of. So check out the Full Moon Empowerment Club. There's something else under the membership tab called the Astro Tarot Network. Um, that is more or less for those who are interested in having a little bit more personal monthly guidance on a month-to-month basis and also to see your daily astro reports so you can start to educate yourself about energy. So today you can see a host of things. Today at 9 a.m. in the morning, um, the sun conjuncts your moon, which means you should have very harmonic relationships and they be a harmony, be nice and peaceful and very sexual and real yummy, right? And then you actually physically had that experience for real. So then you can say, oh, wow, my report actually said that. So now that's what that is. So now when this happens, I can kind of expect this. So you can start to learn how to become in tune with your own energy. All right? So that's very important. you got to study this stuff, man. When I say study, it's just like observe yourself and observe the phenomenon that's going on with yourself, the events that's going on with yourself, and see if it matches up so you can understand your personal rhythm. Every month you get two personalized reports that deal with information strictly for you. It's based off your birth time. And then you get a one-on-one session with Keisha, uh, who's phenomenal with the gift of card reading. And uh, it's just it's just, it's just just a phenomenal thing to be a part of, especially at that particular price. Also under the shop tab, you see something called Casilda's Crystal Corner, from crystals to um, um, candles that are there. It's some phenomenal things, especially the candles, man. I mess with y'all on the candles because it's real. You know what I mean? We do candles for visuals when somebody dies. We do candles for uh, taking a bath and, you know, want to relax. We do candles for the candlelight dinner. Candles are very important. Uh, the church know what candles is all about. It's about invoking a fire element and just being in tune, again, for whatever it is your intent is and allowing the fire to be the uh, amplifier of your particular event, all right? Very important. So check out the Fielder's Crystal Corner. Also check out Star Fusions Bath and Body. We got you. I see some orders just came in today. It's being packed up right now. We want you to know thank you. This product right here is it's no word can explain it besides the fact, and I'm not exaggerating. I think I'm really good at, and I know I'm good at it. I'm really good at spotting things that are great, that is really, really, really good, Um. This right here, I promise you, the Star Fusion Bath and Body is is definitely the next big thing that you've ever seen. And those who are a part of it, like we keep, I'm definitely keeping records on this because it's about growth and it's about investment opportunity. We're gonna talk a little bit about that today because we're dealing with Scorpio and sex because we from the last spirit we dealt with last week, spirit number seven, which is relationships and victory, which is symbolized by Scorpio. That's about combining your power together financially as well when you decide that you want to do some joint investing together. All right, it's very important. It's based on the most powerful aspect of the zodiac by far. All right, and uh, we got to be in tune with that, man. So I want the people who are supporting that particular venture getting this product. Uh, when doors, when the opportunity comes for investing inside of it yourself. You know what I mean? Definitely going to need your help, and you want to be the very first people that we come to because you're there and you know what the product is firsthand based off experience. You see what I'm saying? And that's what we're looking for. But check out the Star Fusion Bath and Body product. I promise you, you will not be dissatisfied. You're going to love this 
product, all natural. I mean, super duper all natural. All right. Also on the website, look into the gratitude journal. Um, check it out because it's about you learning how to really express your highest aspect of yourself, which is being in a state of joy, happiness, and just appreciation. And it's a journal that lasts for the whole year. Okay whole year is about expressing gratitude. You can actually check out some free stuff on the um, website, free MP3 to actually talk about this. And last but not least, you got to get into that mystic brain. you got to get inside of your brain. And everything that we talk about in this series are really components that are actually taking place. They're mental processes that are taking place inside of the human brain. And the best thing I can ever do is really just show you through the dialogue in which we're about to have and why you should go to the website and get the Mystic Brain Workbook because you have to know yourself. You have to know the power of yourself and the brain is, I call the brain the cockpit of a jet fighter. You know, that's that's where you are in conscious control. It is the command center. So check out the Mystic Brain Workbook, all right? So where are we going to begin at? Um um, and one of these spheres, I think it may have been spear nine or spear number eight, uh, think of spear eight, you were to write down a list of complaints versus compliments and which you engage in and which you experience from other people. So if you're not, if you're just now starting with this, it's fine. But I, I promise you, please go back and listen to these shows in order. Also, you it would be nice to pull up an image of the tree of life in Kabbalah. So you can just type in Kabbalah tree of life, Google images, and these this image will pop up, and it's these ten spheres, these ten energy centers, the circles, all right, and it's really planet. It's a diagram of the solar system and how we flow within it and what this actually means. So please pull that up as we um, as you're listening, so you can look at exactly what we're talking about. All right. All right, now, let me see where we're at. We hear right here? All right, so as we leave the sphere of relationships, which was last week, which was sphere number seven, which is called Nizak, we are taught that as a couple, because Venus is Nizak, sphere number seven, last week, Venus rules relationships, this is the time where we have consciously become aware and alert of our, what, existence on Earth, all right, which was a sphere of illusion, um, and everything goes in this reality. We mastered our emotions at sphere number nine. Sphere number eight, we became highly intelligent. And once we became intelligent over our emotions and understand our reality, then we moved into the realm of relationships, okay, which is sphere number seven. And at sphere number seven, it has a nickname. Each sphere of consciousness has a nickname, and the nickname or code name here is called Victory. Okay? Now, the question we raise is, why did they call this Victory? Victory over what? And, and as we explained last week, the very first letter in the word Nizak is the Hebrew letter Nun, which stands for N, which is assigned to Scorpio, the zodiac sign of sex and regeneration. So Scorpio, or the eighth house in your birth chart, okay? So you're like, well, what's my birth chart? Well, a birth chart is looking at the heavens when you were born. And you go to astro.com, sign up for free, um, and entering your birth data, and you will see this wheel 
which is the zodiac will, your personal will, and it's going to show you 12 houses inside of the will. And you, it's numbered. You see these numbers inside of it. Well, I'm talking about house number eight. And house number eight is the house of sex and power and regeneration. And the zodiac sign is Scorpio, but that Scorpion constellation may not may not be in that location of space when you were born, maybe somewhere else. But nevertheless, that is the natural house of Scorpio, and that's where the power is. So Scorpio in the eighth house in a birth chart depicts your sexual power. So victory is within the sexual act. Very important to understand that. But the couple must immediately travel to spirit number six, where we're at this week, which is called Tepharis. And Tepharis is um, called beauty, okay? This sphere is symbolic for the sun. Now, this is where we attain our life force from. If there's no light, there is no life. Very important to understand that because this week we're talking about spirit number six. Spirit number six is in the middle of the tree, and um, um, which is really interesting because Philadelphia is literally City Hall. It's Tafarith. It is Philadelphia is the only city that I've seen that is literally gridded off of the Catholic Tree of Life. Thus, it was the it's the home of the Declaration of Independence. It's home to Constitution Hall. Well, you know what I mean. The very birthplace of America, in that sense, is Philadelphia. And I promise you, if you get, um, it's no longer available. But on my Philadelphia Exposed DVD, I show how this is lined up with the Tree of Life. All right, it's very cosmic-y here. All right. So anyway, um, light is energy, as we know, real basic. And when we look at the Tree of Life, we see that the sun is in the center. So when we look at the solar system, we can see that all of the planets circle the sun. So the Tree of Life, again, is a cosmic representation of how we flow within the solar system. So the nature, or what we call the cosmic Tao, teaches us to observe the daily to monthly yearly transit of the sun, and thus we understand life and vitality. And when I say cosmic Tao, it's a system in which we're bringing out a part of um, a course on 11.11 called Cosmos Sutra this year, at the, the last quarter of the year, back in November, on a Scorpio new moon, we're going to bring out a 18 to 24-month course that deals with you studying um, yourself, and we talked about that last week, all right? So what I'm saying is you have to observe the daily to monthly, which then in return goes to yearly transit of the sun, and we'll understand what life and vitality is, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that a little later. I had a wonderful conversation um, about, when was that, Sunday, um, with my father um, in regards to the Bible. <laughs> I had to tell Judas, and um, 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 he said something funny. He said, the Bible too deep for me, man. He said, I, when I look outside and I see a tree, and I know that tree is gonna, it lives and it's, die, it's going to die, and I'm going to live and die. But when it says that I have no beginning and I have no end, that right there is just too deep for me, you know, and I ain't going to lie about it. It's too deep for me, and I'm cracking up laughing and whatnot. But anyway, we're having this conversation, and um, I bring up the concept of Jesus being the son um, who traveled with his 12 companions called disciples, which is really also symbolic for the sun in the sky traveling through the 12 constellations. And we have to understand that in this story, the wise men found the Messiah based on the stars, Okay. So there's knowledge or wisdom in the stars, and Amos, the book of Amos, um, chapter 5, verse 8, says it so clearly. It speaks of the Lord being the one who created 
the bear, Orion, and the Pleiades. So there's much wisdom in the stars, and the stars is nothing but balls of light, which is energy forces, okay? Now, uh, light is being, um, the light itself is actually producing the illusion, all right? So remember in week one, which was sphere number 10, we discussed that here on Earth, which is called Malkuth, the kingdom, also known as the queendom as well, on the tree of life, we live in the world where the sun appears to rise and set. But this cannot be the case when the earth is traveling around the sun, who is on average about 93 million miles in front of the earth at all times. I really want you to understand that, that if you look at a, a diagram of a solar system, you will see the sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, you know, and so forth and so forth, and and we are going around the sun in that solar system diagram. You know this. But in our reality, it, it appears that the sun rises and then it goes above our head around 12 o'clock and slowly up in the sky and then it appears to go down. Well, that's not the reality at all what's really happening. So this is the realm of illusion, and light is producing the illusion. Now, a lot of times in spiritual circles, it's like, oh, step into the light. Step into the light, brother. Come into the light, sister. The darkness is is like dark is equated with illusion, and light is not equated with illusion, and that's not true. All right? I just showed you one example of that. All right? Now, the question is, well, how is light producing the illusion then? Well, it's simple. Let's look at a couple things in our reality. When you see the blue waters on the Atlantic Ocean, you are seeing light striking water, and the water is producing the gas. And this gives the illusion of the blue pill because when you put that water in your hand, you don't see blue. <laughs> that blue disappears. And the same is true with the sky. So when you go up there, where the blue go? You up in that airplane, where the blue at? The air is on your face. Can you see blue directly in front of you? You see what I'm saying? So the blue evades your senses. The blue stars, when the light hits the Earth's electromagnetic field and creates gases, and then you see this blue again. So the blue is the illusion. That was the whole purpose of the blue pill inside of the matrix. So light has this ability to produce an illusion. Now, within light, you must understand. Now, here, here I go. And write this down because science is going to figure this out one day. Within light, you must understand that darkness comes from light. And not darkness. And when I say this, I'm going to be clear. See, we're under the perception that darkness is the complete absence of light. And I am telling you there's no such thing that exists as the complete absence of light. Now, I get what we're saying on the mundane level. Darkness means when you turn all the lights off, it's dark. But you live in the world of light. You may be, for lack of a better word, the furthest point from light, you can call darkness, and that the center source of light will be what we would call brightness. But there's absolutely, absolutely no such thing as a place with no light. Because if you're going to say that, then there's no intelligence. There's no photon. There's, I mean, and that's not true. You can be at the very far recesses of light. But, but there's no such thing as a place with no light, okay? See, see, this is what I'm saying. Even when you understand the earth, right, it's dark out, okay? Is it dark or is your part of the earth 
turned away from the sun. And that's what is that's what's happening. When your part of the earth turns away from the sun, you say that it's dark. There's no light. But the truth of the matter is we know that light exists. Something may be in the way blocking the light, but that light still filters down and you see this within the color spectrum. Okay? Now when you take a prism, you allow what appears to be white light to enter the prism, you see six colors. Remember, we are on sphere number six this week on the Tree of Life. There are not seven colors in, in, in the color spectrum, ladies and gentlemen. Isaac Newton, who loved mysticism, and the number seven, he added indigo. You can Google that yourself and see that. You only see six colors. You see red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet. You do not see no indigo. You do not see another color between blue and violet. That's that's just number seven and being on a mystic path, all right? And so you see six colors thus man is created on his sixth day. It's talking about this whole number six phenomenon. It's dealing with something. So within what appears to be white light, there are six colors inside of it that we just named. So in essence, if we're going to call this by our senses, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet, those are actually darker than the white light or what we call visible light that's coming from the sun, which we know is giving us life force. So if you were to, um, um, if you were to like close your blinds and stick a hole in the blind and let light come in, Right, you're going to see white light coming in. If you put a prism or a crystal or a piece of glass there to hit the light, you're going to see the colors. So, therefore, darkness resides inside of light. Okay? Darkness resides inside of light. But we get it a little twisted because we think that darkness, we think that light comes out of the darkness. And that's not true. <laughs> All right? I'm telling you, you live in the realm of the illusion. You really got to kind of think everything is opposite, and then you'll understand the nature of God's mind. All right? So anyway, um, the darkness resides within the white light, and the white light is something that man and woman both can secrete from their sexual centers, especially men. You see white light called sperm gets ejected, pure white light. All right, comes out. Now, if we are to say that light comes from within darkness, if we're going to go with that, then at the core of darkness is light. And this would be to say that light is actually projecting darkness into existence because if darkness is the outer layer of space, and if I were to peel within this layer, I was to cut away this darkness and go inside of it, whether I'm going with technology, instruments, whatever, I'm going inside of this darkness, and you're telling me light is inside of there because light comes out of darkness, then the outer manifestation, which is space, is being projected by the inner manifestation called the push or light. So light is projecting darkness, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Light projects darkness, okay? So let's move on to daily four corners because we're dealing with the sun, which is life force, and we have to understand the four basic corners of observation. And when I say the four basic corners of observation, let's look at sunrise, let's look at high noon, let's look at what appears to be sunset, and let's look at midnight. Those are your four basic structures. So you have to understand the daily transit of the sun. 
you have to understand east, then we move south, then we move west, and then we move north. It's not no east, west, south, north. Those are the opposite points. But the sun's rotation, or shall we really say, how the earth rotates towards the sun, these different directions on the earth becomes illuminated in that order, east, south, west, north. Okay? Let's write that down. Sunrise is the arrival of light. The day begins, and there is a pristine energy in the air. This element, because these four directions, really correspond to fire, air, earth, and water. Not in that order, but in this case, it's air is on the east. This is a Kabbalistic aspect that we know. This is air. Okay? In the south at midday, when the sun appears to be at the zenith, this highest point in the sky, we're at the fire energy. And this is when the sun is the most active, and this is where humanity, who decided to incorporate go to work, says, hey, at high noon, you will go out for recreation. You will go to lunch. Okay? When the sun is at its highest peak, lunchtime. And in in, in, that's midday. At sunset in the west, and if you are sensitive to light and in tune with light, you will acknowledge it either mentally or out loud when the sunset appears because there's an obvious shift in energy as the sun appears to be going down. And what we are really witnessing is the arrival of the female yin energy. We see when yang goes into yin. We see when masculine energy turns into feminine energy at this point. And, again, if you are in tune at all, every single day, like, I take time out. And I don't mean I do, I don't have to do a meditation. I simply acknowledge, like, wow, the sun is setting. Like, I simply acknowledge it. Like, you can feel it. There's a different energy that's taking place, all right? And when we get to the west, when the sun sets, we're now in the mood, in, in, in the energy of water, all right? We're now about to go into the first yin cycle of the day if we start at sunrise, all right? Then we move to the north, which is midnight. We're in the ultimate feminine yin cycle, and uh, I always say Cinderella has to be home by midnight, and what is really happening is this part of the earth that you are on at midnight is totally turned away from the sun in a straight line. So like right now, to really get an example, let's just say your physical body is the earth and you're facing the sun, okay? Now I want you to turn your body around, do an about face, and this is midnight, okay? Now your back is facing the sun and your front being don't even see the sun whatsoever because you just did an about face. Well, that's what the earth does at midnight. It The part that face the sun throughout the daytime, it done an about face of where you at on earth and said, I'm, I'm totally opposite. I'm turning my back to you, Mr. Sun. Okay? Very important time. Very important time. Um, can't wait to minister Drew bring 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 out this new project that he has and um, new website that's coming and I'll let him tell it when he tell it. Um, but the power of midnight is going to heavily have everything to do with your imagination. And it has everything to do while movies are released at midnight. And it has everything to do with knowing that um, it is the Earth's atmosphere at this time has less interference from solar radiation, all right? And it's easier for you to get in contact with the Earth's electromagnetic field at this particular time. You can use light to do it, but 
there's a time too where you can get directly in contact with the earth. All right, so imagine like right now when the sun is up, the earth is like, oh, wait a minute, I'm protecting us from certain solar radiation, but certain things are penetrating the atmosphere because you still can feel the heat of the sun or photons, and also you feel uh, various all kind of particles coming from the sun, all right, that you can feel, right? And um, some of it makes it through, so the earth, to a degree, be busy at times interacting with other solar forces, all right, cosmic forces. And there's a time when that activity slows down and then you can get a little bit more in tune with Earth's energy, okay? So it depends what cycle you want to be in, a yang cycle or a yin cycle, all right, to work with, all right? Now, it's interesting because we notice in the Masonic mystery schools, um, in Masonry, we said the East represents the wisdom of the worshipful master because he represents the sun and then the South is the junior warden who represents beauty. The junior warden's job in the South is to allow the brethren inside of the lodge to go to refreshment and, you know, to go chill for a minute and come back. You know what I'm saying? So he represents beauty because that's when the sun is at the highest peak. And in the West, we know that's the senior warden who represents strength. And there's no station officer in the North. You know why? Because the candidate at the end, the initiate at the end, he has to come and sit in the northeast corner because this is the position of the earth in reference to the sun when one can access the earth's field. So even inside of masonry in the very first degree, you represent the earth. <laughs> you represent the portion of the earth, and at the time when you can really get in contact with the field, and, 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 and again, remember, these three stations that you physically see, sunrise, the highest point in sunset, because you don't see the other part at midnight, you're here to observe the sun, young man, inside of masonry, and understand the cosmic phenomena of sun relationship with the earth and ultimately your relationship with the cosmos is what this is about, all right? So, as you see, now we can take it to a grand, a little bigger scale because we went through the four directions and the four elemental points. The north is the earth energy. The west is the water energy. Those are your two feminine cycles. The east is air energy, your first masculine cycle, and the south is the ultimate yang cycle. Rather, I'm sorry, the east is the yang cycle. So, we go through these particular points. Now, these particular points that we see every single day is just a mirror of a bigger cycle. And the bigger cycle is represents the four seasons, okay? So these four seasons, uh, one season, which is a season lasts for three months, okay? So one season really represents a direction, okay? And then so then you can have Aries, Taurus, Gemini is the first season in the east, and then your second season is Cancer, Leo, Virgo. They represent the south, you follow me? And then your 7, 8, 9 frequency, which is Libra, Scorpio and Sag, you put them in the west. And then the north energy is your winter constellations, which is Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. They represent the north, all right? Now, all of them technically are not north. Some of them are southeast and, and you know, southwest and things like that. But just to give you a general understanding, and you got to get into this, this new class that's coming up because this is the new key to this is the key to the universe. See, as I explained with my people earlier, see, the, the Mayans left you at 2012, man. What you going to do now? Huh? What, what, what you going to do? You, you, you got to wait? You know what I'm saying? No, you have to understand where you at in space and time in real time. Understand the motion of the heavens and then learn how to flow within that motion, okay? 
There's some stuff that's going on here. I'm telling you, it ain't. It ain't. When you look outside, that's a grand illusion. You have to understand the difference between the stations and the heavenly bodies that's actually rotating. And then once you understand the difference, the amount of space between the two, between stations and you know the fixed point and what's actually going on, which you actually can observe, then you will understand the secret law. All right. That's the course. That's the secret. you got to understand the fixed position of space. You must understand that the ever-rotating positions of the stars in reference to the fixed point, there is the secret. All right? Now, obviously, the position of the sun tells us a person's zodiac sign, which means that is the major personality trait that we are likely to see within a person. Okay? You have to sincerely, and I mean sincerely, Monitor your relationships with these people as this is the ultimate test in light. So when the Zodiac Made Easy releases on iTunes, you make sure you get it because I'm going to discuss the basic law of compatibility with each Zodiac sign. So you have to ask yourself, man, why is it that I'm in a relationship with this particular sign, man, and, and, and every time I'm in a relationship with this sign, I have this same experience with this person, with this with this type of sign. See, all you're saying is, well, if you have an experience with this certain sign, then that lets you know that you're having a relationship with a cosmic imprint, an influx of the light that's what you're having a relationship with. Because all we're saying is, when I'm, I'm Gemini, I'm Aquarius, I'm whatever, all we're saying is the sun appeared to be in front of that constellation when I was born. And that's not even true because technically when you look outside, depending on when you're born, if you're high in the degrees. But when you look outside, the sun actually appears to be in the zodiac sign before that. But in Western, we actually deal with the vibrations of what we feel because, again, how can you see the sun in what we would call quote-unquote real time when, one, it's 93 million miles away from you, Two, you're supposed to be moving about at 1,037 miles per hour spinning on your axis that you don't feel like you're spinning, giving the illusion that the sun is rising and setting. So if you're spinning at over 1,000 miles per hour, how are you possibly seeing something that is 93 million miles away from you on average in real time? You're not. See, if you go outside right now and you allow the heat of the sun to touch your face or your body, that which you felt from the sun was ejected approximately eight minutes ago. So, therefore, you're not even experiencing that in real time. The sun is like, yo, I called you eight minutes ago and you ain't even answered the phone. Oh, you just now getting my message? You just now feeling that photon that hit your skin? I done moved on to something else eight minutes ago. You late. So that's time dilation. So that also means this, that in the morning when you think you see the sunrise in that position right there, like, ooh, look, right there, right there, right there, the sunrise, bam, the sun is like he tripping. I was there eight minutes ago. You see? So you never see it in quote-unquote real time. There's a little what we would call space-time dilation that's taking place. So you've never seen the sunrise and you've never seen the sunset. <laughs> because the sun is like, man, I've been there. What are you talking about? I went in there. If you try to say, yo, you was there eight minutes ago, you can say that eight minutes ago, but you can't say, hey, man, you just hit me. No, I didn't. I didn't hit you right now. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, that's what I'm saying. Light produces the illusion in this reality, all right? So you have to sincerely start studying the relationships, the interactions with people, how you feel, um, and start really taking some note to it because you're having a relationship with light, 
all right? You're having a relationship with light when you do this, all right? Now, um, moving on, one of the most advanced levels, in my opinion, and I know this to be a fact, man, we're going to speak from experience because we always do, um, the most advanced level of light is understanding that the human mind is the facilitator of human thought, which travels faster than the speed of light. Oh, yes. The human mind thought itself travels faster than the speed of light. And once you understand the human mind, you and someone else can become what quantum physics call entanglement and what Einstein called spooky action at a distance. So Einstein called it. So science has proven that entanglement is actually real. But what is entanglement? Well, in one definition, you would see it being defined as, um, in a nutshell, when two or more particles that are combined become separated and when you measure the spin orientation of one particle, the measurement automatically produces the opposite spin orientation of another particle. So in other words, let's just say me and Minister Jew, we are the same particle of light, and we're separated by distance, right? <clears throat> and something will happen in my reality, and the same thing will happen in his reality, but it will be an opposite spin orientation. So to make it a little clearer, the opposite spin orientation will be like, okay, hey, man, I got um, a credit for $267 on my phone bill, and he will get a check for $267. You see what I'm saying? So the base of it is the same 267 but the format in which it came in was opposite. I'm going to talk about this because this is where it's at. Human entanglement is much better than what quantum physics is is, 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 is studying. It's in the human realm. It's much, much better. And not only that, it's not theory in human experience because it's actual physical experience. It's much better. It just ain't theory. So the human entanglement is defined when two or more people, and this is very important, and this is the theme of what you have to do in spirit number six, when you understand the central point of our reality is light, tafara, sun, the beauty, all right? Human entanglement is defined when two or more people create a highly charged conversation from the mind because we said the mind is the facilitator of thought which travels faster than the speed of light. So human entanglement is when two or more people create a highly charged conversation from the mind, which in return, it creates a vortex of energy around the individuals no matter the distance. No matter the distance, it creates two individual vortexes around the people. The energy vortex is light particles, mainly photons, these photons are intelligent, and guess what they do? They travel to another person who was not part of the original conversation. So let's call this person C. They travel to another person who was not part of the original conversation between Ampu and Jew, but that person possessed something that was in the conversation. So then the photon then energetically and this is the thing, it energetically, telepathically, in a sense, tells the independent person who was not a part of the conversation, I need you to turn on this street right now where 
the independent person would now appear to be in awareness of one of the two original people who created the vortex. You follow me? So in human terms, you call this a coincidence. So what I'm saying is this. This is how this works. All right? I'm having a conversation with you. Me and him talking about whatever we're talking about, talking some, something on science, dealing with God, and how it's all is manifesting. And right before you know it, somebody is walking down the street with a T-shirt on of that which we're talking about or it can allude to what we're talking about in a sense. And I'll give you some examples in a second. So like I said, in human terms, we call it a coincidence. Now, with this, the term coincidence really comes from the mathematical term coincident lines. We call it coincidence, but it's coincident. Lines that coincide. These are when two lines lay directly on top of one another, and you can only see one line. So I want you to draw a line on a piece of paper and call it line A. Then use a different color pen or something and draw directly on top of that line and call it line B. You won't be able to see line A no more. So these are when two lines overlap one another and they run the same plane. That's coinciding. And in human terms, this is where we, we get so, we lose focus on stuff so easy down here because everything becomes so dang on cliche. Oh, what a coincidence. That ain't no darn coincidence. You make it look like just so happened. No. What is the science that says that you attracted this third party inside of your reality or this outside force or person or event outside of your original thought? How did you attract that into your reality to match exactly what you were talking about? What's the science and the law of that attraction is the key, all right? Ain't no dangle. Oh, it's just a coincidence. So there are three lines that we need to study. You got you to go somewhere with this. There's three lines you need to study. You need to understand the coinciding lines that I just talked about. That's one. Number two is parallel lines. Parallel lines have the same slope, but they never intersect. And then you have intersecting lines. Intersecting lines is like you draw an X, and then at the X, at the midpoint of the X, the middle, you see where they cross each other. That's an intersecting line. Parallel lines are, you know, you know, they run parallel to each other like railroad tracks do. As a pair, they run together as a parallel. Parallel is great. Coinciding lines is better when you understand the reality was taking place in the quantum. And intersecting lines is a bunch of bull crap. <laughs> All right? Because they knock you off your game. That's bull crap right there. And I'm going to talk about that, too, all right? So let's talk about it right now, matter of fact. Man. I'm going to go back into the entanglement aspect and give you some examples of how this thing works. So we need to explain how light affects your reality. So in the reality, you have to understand, we talked about this, I believe, in week number one in Mount Kuf on Earth, um, that when you're on Earth, what's happening is you're making an observation from a center point reference. So let's use the beautiful analogy of the full moon. The sun just set in the west. The moon just came up in the east. Um, in astrology, we would say, hey, you were born. If you were born at this time, we're going to call this an opposition. You can call it a full moon if you want. That's fine. But we're going to say that the moon was opposite the sun. 
Why do we say that? Well, we're saying that because based on how you saw that reality on earth, you saw a big bright light on the western horizon going down, and then you saw another light called the moon coming up on the east. All right? So these two appear to be opposite. One is in the west, one is in the east. So therefore, since you had to turn completely around to see the other one that was behind you, no matter which one you're looking at, in order to see the other one, you have to turn completely around and do a 180. We call this opposition. And you cannot physically, since you cannot physically look at both of them at the same time, this can create a potential conflict. So now what happens is you can be born when, you know, you can be born and majority of your energy is over here in the east, and when another person was born, majority of their energy is over here in the west, we call this opposition. So this means that this means that when you're on earth and you're looking at these, you can never see these two at the same time. So since you can't see these two realities at the same time, when this person comes into your life, you see what I'm saying? That's something that you can't see. So therefore, guess what? It can become a problem. You follow me? Damn, this is good. This is what creates the problem because it's all about how you. It's all about how you can see light. If we understand that everybody has a birthday, everybody is just a cosmic representation of a point in space, and let's just call it the position of the sun. We're in in space when you were born. Okay, so now what we have to kind of imagine is just imagine a wheel, and in this wheel. We got 360 degrees, 365 days, right, in a year. So let's just say if we go with the 360 model, then we got 180 pairs. So this is about how you see light. So I'm going to tell you the trick to this thing, all right, because I'm going to talk about the square real fast, and I'm going to tell you the trick on how you get over it, all right. In the square component of of, of what's happening, um, you would have, um, let's use, let's just say uh, 9.30 on a wall clock. That's a square because we got one horizontal, which is the 9 o'clock frequency. When a little hand is at 9 o'clock, that's going horizontal. And when the big hand is at, at the 6, that's going vertical. This creates a 90-degree angle called a square. Okay, cool. Now, that means that, when you're looking straight ahead, in order for you to see something that is directly to your side, you have to turn your attention and turn your head all the way to the right or all the way to the left. And when you do that, guess what? You're no longer focused on the point or where you were going or what's in front of you because you're turning your head completely away and you're putting it on a different plane. So let's say on this wall clock scenario, you are at 6 o'clock. When you're at 6 o'clock, you're looking at something straight ahead, which could be over there at 12 o'clock, your opposition, okay? Now you're looking to the left, and you're going to look at 9 o'clock. So what happens when these two start to meet at each other? So let's just say you got two parties. One is at 9 o'clock. One is at 6 o'clock. They both leave. At the same time, the one at 9 o'clock is trying to travel to 3 o'clock. The one at 6 o'clock is trying to travel to 12 o'clock. And they crash in the middle. Bam! Right in the middle. What happens? They intersected each other. That's an intersecting line called a square in astrology. Now, 
here's the key, because I've physically been in this accident before. Driving my 1979 white Malibu. That was my baby. My white Malibu Chevy, two-door baby, had a 305 in it, 5.0. It was smooth, super smooth. Bought it twice. I wrecked it and bought it back, right? I'm going through the intersection, and a car from the driver's side, okay, I'm the one that's leaving at 6 o'clock going towards 12. A car was coming from 9 o'clock, hit me so hard that it spun me to my left and made me look like I was driving towards 9 o'clock. She knocked me off my path. So what happens in intersecting lines or your square aspect, whoever has more force, more energy, more imagination, more magnetism, will affect the other one and potentially knock them off their course or knock you off your course. You see, you thought you was going in a vertical line, but here comes this other person in your life who that you see sideways in the wheel of reality. You have to turn completely sideways to see this person. Bam, they hit you with the solution. Okay, this this is the solution. And I'm going to tell you how I know it. the reason why I use 930 is because 9 is Sagittarius, which is Jay-Z, and 6 is Virgo, which is Beyonce. They both born on the fourth, so they square each other to the degree. How is it that this is able to work? And I talk about this in um, the Zodiac Made Easy that's coming out um, on, coming out soon. And I'm gonna tell you how it's able to work. One of the keys they they got other factors that's taking place. The general rule they define the general rule. The general rule says earth and air, air signs and fire signs get together, and earth and water signs get together. But well, one is fire, one is earth. And I like that because one is truly masculine, Jay-Z, fire, and one is truly feminine, Beyonce, the earth sign. So I really like this component of yin-yang. And because in the expression of astrology, astrology to a degree got this uh, same same elemental aspect. It's looking for opposite sex sometimes, but it's really looking for the same elemental expression. So if you're majority fire, other fire and air signs speak because air feeds fire, that, that helps you go along. But these two are technically called the same gender. They're both masculine. Same thing with when you water the earth and do your flowers and plants grow, that's a feminine component. They're both feminine, so you tend to get a little bit along with the same thing, although opposite gender, but you you get along with the same elemental expression. All right? So it's kind of weird, right? So anyway, anyway, the key is this. Don't think that you're going, if you're at 6 o'clock, don't think that you're going to 12 o'clock. And if you're at 9 o'clock, don't think that you're going to 3. You've got to understand that the goal, the goal is at the midpoint in the middle of the intersection. That's the goal. So instead of y'all crashing into each other, we have to understand that, okay, listen, this is the goal. And the goal can be whatever it is that you say. Hey, listen, babe, this, we're about to stack about uh, mm, this month, let's stack, let's stack two thousand. All right, and this is what we're gonna do to stack this two thousand every week. You know, my direct deposit go in, boom, I'm gonna put that on that. You know what I mean? I got this coming up, and I'm gonna put that on that. What you gonna do? Okay, I'm gonna boom, 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 boom. This is how we're gonna get to this two thousand. You understand what I'm saying? So you allow the midpoint, the intersection, which is really the crash site. You need to redesign the crash site and make that an objective. 
once that becomes objective, then you understand that, hey, we ain't going to crash because we are on par to get to this particular destination. And then you create another one as you go and create another and keep creating. The next thing you know is called I live my dream life. That's what it's called. Okay? So that's how you get around that. Now, let's get into this human entanglement again. Summer Solstice, I believe it was 2012, um, Minister Jew was about 680 miles away from the house. I did the calculation today, 680 miles away from home in the mountains of North Carolina. And um, at the top of the mountain is a family with a little boy with a T-shirt on with the number 11 on his back. Now, if you know us and you know Jew and he's been had this for years, his email is Jew1111 um, uh, at Gmail. If you want to get in contact with him, you email him, J-U-11, the word, then the number 11, Jew1111 at Gmail. And uh, he's the 1111 man, so much so that he saw so much in his reality when he was waking up and coming to consciousness, he understood that the frequency of God was communicating with him. It was no coincidence why he was seeing this, so much so that he said, okay, well, i got to make it a part of my being, and that became his very first email that he created. So when he gets to a mountain on a spiritual journey, when the sun appears to be at its highest peak in the sky, he's up on a mountain, there is a family that is already there with a number there to show him that, yes, indeed, you are on your right path. Now, see, here's the question. Why did the little boy wear the shirt that day? How did they just so happen to be there? You know it had to happen in order for everything to line up. That person couldn't have missed a red light. That person couldn't have ran back in the house and get their phone. They couldn't have, like, everything had to be on point. What made both people in this particular case, become what we would call a coincident line with each other and represent the same thing. Bare minimum, a parallel. All right? In this case, it really was a parallel reality. What happened? How did that happen? What organized that? See, the ideas in that famous thing, the light bulb goes off in your head, and it was just like this voice came out of nowhere, and it was this divine inspiration that happened. That's called the photon. The photon is a particle of light. It's a light messenger from the sun that harmonizes with other people. You have a certain thought. That photon, since it's traveling at the speed of light because it's, it's light, it takes it absolutely no time in earthly measurements to for it to find someone else that is that is broadcasting the same electromagnetic signature from their aura. So it finds it, and then it communicates to this person energetically, and the person says, ah, I just had this idea to put on, um, let me put on my little gray shirt that had the number 11 on it today and take that with me. You see, where did the idea come from? You know, it's the famous light bulb thing. It's coming from light. That's why, that's why they symbolize thought with the light bulb. It comes from light particles, all right? You use the sun to communicate we know this because you got so many indigenous ancient cultures that deal with um, a respect for the sun, an adoration for the sun. Brothers got sunbeams on their head. They had, you know, all kind of measurement devices to measure the sun. You know, it's just a high respect for the sun. So they understood that the sun is how you communicate with people, white intelligence inside of that. One time um, I left the house, missed the UPS thing. It had a UPS notice on the door. Mr. Jew, he's a mailman. 
And on his route, as I'm telling him this, his very next step he went to, next door he went to, had a UPS notice on the door. There was a time where he called me and said, yo, man, this bought me a nice pair of jumpers. These Air Maxes off the chain. They white, red, and gray. I said, yeah, they kind of look like the Ohio State colors. He was like, yeah, yeah, these jumpers are nice. I said, man, I got me, I got those. He sent me a picture of them, and I sent him the picture of them because I had got them a few days prior. I never told him. But then, next thing you know, we bought the same shoes. Or what about the time that we're in North Carolina and he has to wake up early in the morning on a Saturday to go to the mall to buy what he's going to wear? He goes to the mall, buys what he's going to wear, come back to the hotel, get dressed. I meet him in the lobby, and when we meet together in the lobby, we got on the exact same hat, the exact same white tee, the exact same white cargo shorts. We got on the exact same get-up with the exact same Nikes. Okay? What about about two weeks ago? He had uh, three weeks ago tops. He had to replace his tire. And long and behold, I go get in the car, and before I'm going to get in the car, I see that the thread on my tire is down to the dang on metal, and I have to go replace my tire. This is real-life phenomenon. We're documenting this stuff. Why? Because I told you as far as what happens is we are consistently engaged to the point where all we do is talk about high science is what we call it, uh, an appreciation for God force, an appreciation for life, an appreciation for how life works in this reality, so much so that we start to share the same experience. Now, here's the key. Because if then there's a video I want to find it. Hopefully I find it and I can get it to you on YouTube. Um, you know this whole quantum physics thing when you do something to one particle over here and another particle is so far away that it starts to change its polarity because you did something to this homie. Einstein was like, "Listen, that is spooky action at a distance, and I don't know what it is, but it's weird. So weird that he called it spooky action at a distance." Then he said, okay, well, if that's happening, the reason that that's happening is because because both of them already have a predetermined um, set of values and already has encoded information that says, listen, Minister Jew, when you go left, I'm going to go right. When you go right, I'm going to go left. It's already inside of our, and it's already encoded inside of us. So science found a way to say, okay, well, if that's true, then we're going to measure this. And every time we measure it through three different types of measurements, we should be able to see the results, and it should be the same. And it come to find out that they couldn't necessarily rule that out, all right? So I'm going to get more into that story because it's, it's a lot of stuff that's a, it's a lot of stuff inside that. But I said, wow, that's interesting because before I physically met Minister Jew in this incarnation on a physical level, he had a son his firstborn was born two days before my youngest, the same year, which means we were impregnating women at the same time and we were having children at the same time on a parallel track of reality. Unbeknownst to us, because physically we can say we didn't know each other in the physical form, but yet we were having sex and creating children at the same time so much so that they would be born two days apart. 
the thing, what they say in, 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 in entanglement in quantum physics. When one has a left spin orientation, the other one have a right spin orientation. He had a son, I had a daughter. You understand? So anyway, anyway, this is a true reality. They're, they're physically only two days apart in the same year. So I want to share a story with you that, that, that talks about, to me this is one of the greatest stories ever, ever recorded. And I'm going to come out of um, my man's book, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, on page number 17. He talked about how we are science. Can we affect the past? And this is what we got to get into because we actually proved this science, too. And I'm glad I'm pulling this story. In July 2000, is Israeli doctor Leonard Leo Bovici, L-E-I-B as in boy, O-V-I-C-I, look it up for yourself, Leonard Leo Bovici conducted a double-blind randomized controlled trial involving 3,393 hospital patients divided into a control group and as an intercession group. He set out to see whether prayer could have an effect on their condition. Prayer experiments are great examples of the mind effect the matter at a distance, but stay with me here because everything is not always what it seems. Leo Bovici selected patients who had suffered sepsis which is an infection while hospitalized. Ain't that something? While you're hospitalized, you get infected by something. A lot of people doubt for that. I know that firsthand. We've seen somebody pass from that. But anyway, randomly he designated half the patients to have prayers said for them while the others half were not prayed for. He compared the results in three categories, how long the fever lasted, the length of the hospital stay, and how many died as a result of the infection. Needless to say, the prayed for benefited from earlier decrease in fever and a shorter hospital time. The difference in the numbers of deaths among the prayed for versus the not prayed for groups was not statistically significant, but it was although it was better for the prayed for group. So the people who got prayed for had a shorter hospital stay. They got they they decreased their fever faster, and a small amount of them didn't die as much as the people who did not get prayed for. Okay, now here is the kicker, ladies and gentlemen. It gets really good. The people who were being prayed for were prayed for from 1990 to 1996. Okay, but the actual prayer didn't take place to the year 2000. So that's on average from four to ten years. Later, they got prayed for. See, in other words, you got to look at this. And it's real simple. It's called a photon. There is an intelligence that knows that you're going to be prayed for in the future. And since you're going to be prayed for in the future, you're going to get better now. This is a case study. You can look this up. I gave you the name. Look it up and read on it for yourself. Because in a nutshell, that's what happened. There's an intelligence that knew that these people are going to get prayed for four to ten years later. And since they're going to get prayed for four to ten years later, they're going to have to get better right now. That is some amazing, amazing, amazing stuff that shows you that what? That shows you what appeared to be in the past in your in your present moment, you can actually go back and create an event from the past. 
And I t- I tell you how we did that. It was the year two thousand and eleven, and it was a new moon in Leo. So it was like August sometime, I believe. And we did a radio broadcast, and we said we called it the Serpent's Moon. And the reason we call it the Serpent's Moon because in Hebrew, the letter Teth, we call it the serpent because it looks like the letter itself looks like a snake. So we call it a serpent. So Leo is symbolic in Hebrew for the serpent. It was a new moon, and we did a snake meditation when you mimic the Egyptians in the sense when you say, well, you know, these are people who have a snake over their pineal gland to represent, you know, an enlightenment and the activation of life force energy. So at this time, you're just going to see um, the snake on your pineal gland, put on your pharaoh crown, basically, and get out there in the power of the sun because the sun moves Leo. So therefore, you know, the sun is at its home and it's time for you to really get in tune with yourself like that. And start communicating with the light, the photons, light particles that's coming from the sun, from your pineal gland, and you send this two-way relationship from your pineal gland to the sun, from the sun to your pineal gland, and you envision these serpents traveling to and from the sun from your, your pineal gland. Well, about four days later, um, a Tennessee couple, and you can Google this story, and we're going, man, Minister Duke, man, I know you're on the line. I'm going to open you up too, man. we, we, we got to show y'all some of this stuff again, just again, so you can really see it. And I know some new people that's here, so y'all really, really, really can see it, how it works. But, um, there's a couple in Tennessee that's driving on the highway, and a snake appeared on their windshield. It crawled from up under the hood and went on their windshield. Now, when you read the story, the couple named, um, um, the, the woman named is Elizabeth, which is interesting because Elizabeth is the son of John the Baptist, which is Jesus' auntie, basically. But anyway... They had three children in the car, and their middle son, who was two and a half at the time, name was Judah. Now, this is a white couple, and she named their son Judah, which is Judah the lion. And we just did this whole thing with the lion, the Leo frequency, and this came out. A snake actually appeared. A snake actually appeared on their windshield while they're driving down the highway back to Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, we know, is named after Menefer, Memphis in Egypt, over in the east. That's why in Memphis, Tennessee, you got this building made out of all glass in the form of a pyramid called the Pyramid Complex that sits on the Mississippi River because it was the ancients' way of giving somebody, architect and the creators of the building, the idea to awaken your spatial memory up on this side of the globe. And this is why a lot of people don't know but Memphis, Tennessee is like the first successful city for black businesses, the Orange Mound section, Orange Mound. That's where A-Ball and MJG was from. But Orange Mound was successful for black business operators um, before Tulsa, Oklahoma. Look it up. It's the first registered black business name, Memphis, Tennessee, all right, which goes back to Memphis, Egypt. So there's a, there's really a spiritual phenomenon that's taking place. Well, that's really that's the first physical place that me and you met each other. He physically met in Memphis, Tennessee for the summer solstice of 2011. He didn't make the spring. He saw something. He said, I'm going to fall back on the spring. I'm coming on the summer. We met in the summer, 
And when we met at the summer, we met at the at the pyramid complex in front of a replica of Ramses the second, I think no Ramses the third. Um, that at that particular time, the statue of Ramses was in front of the pyramid complex, giving you the whole Egyptian scenery. That Ramsey, they moved it over to the university now, ain't even in front of the pyramid complex no more. So if you never saw it or never took a picture with it, you know, you, you missed out on a great opportunity. That, that's why it's important to be on these trips because the spirit world would then come and say, okay, time to snatch it up and move it. They got it. They activated it. They did it. Which in return, that whole back in 2011 when we was dealing with Ramsey's on, on that whole particular thing, that activated the Charles Ramsey thing in the future who came and kicked the doors down in Ohio and ran in with a guy named Angel and saved the girls who'd been kidnapped for like 10 years. And then next thing you know, they came and knocked down the house. The house don't even exist no more. They put homeboy in jail whose name was um, Ariel, which is an angel. Listen to it, Ariel, right? Ariel, his name is Ariel, which is an angel. The Spanish guy who he go up in the house with name was Angel. And next thing you know, when Ariel goes to jail for this, he commits suicide, which that's Pisces, which means escapism. The whole thing was like it was a hologram. It wasn't even real. When I say that, I'm not saying that it wasn't a real physical story, but it was just so unbelievable. It was like, pew. The house is gone. He commits suicide. Now you see me. Now you don't. But it was a whole spiritual phenomenon which created off the Ramsey's energy when we was doing spiritual work on a whole other level. All right? So we connect that dots for you. But anyway, 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 where am I at here? So we met in Memphis. So that story popped up. But this is what happened. Although the story on the news had popped up after we actually did the actual event with the serpent meditation and activation, the physical event itself actually occurred before we did the activation. So you have this before, present, and future type thing, which means that if we're in the middle of the timeline, we actually created a vortex of energy that made them who had the physical experience so let's contact the news and let's just share with them and see if they share the story. And then they happen to share the story after we did the activation. So in essence, we went back into the past. We was in the present. And when we did something, we went back to an experience in the past to bring it up to the future, which was after the meditation. You understand? So we actually jumped in what appears to be three different timelines of reality. And this is this is very this is very true because those of you that never don't know this work, don't know our work, you're not familiar with it, okay, here's something that's just on the record. It's a known fact that we went to Serpent Mound on the spring equinox of two thousand and eleven. That was the very first gathering. Okay? I got pictures of it. I want you to Google the story called the Bronx it's, uh Egyptian Cobra, Egyptian. Egyptian Cobra escapes the Bronx Zoo. That happened, they ran that story like March the what, 24th, 25th, like four days after the equinox when we was at Serpent Mound doing the ceremony. And the serpent came up missing at the zoo. An Egyptian cobra, one an Indian cobra, an Egyptian cobra came up missing. Why? See, that's how you get into the quantum reality. You see what I'm saying? When you start talking quantum, you know, we got experience with the quantum. This ain't just theory and conjecture. This is real stuff. We got the experience with that. All right? So let's move on here. The moral of Sphere 6 to Forest, because we're dealing with solar consciousness, uh, is for you to form the highest level of companionship about life force energy. I'm going to say that again. Because remember, last week at Sphere number 7, you in the Zoc Venus relationships. What are your relationships to do? Move to Sphere number 6. What is Sphere number 6? 
Spirit number six says this is what life is. You have to form the highest level of companionship about life force energy, no matter if you call it God, you call it source field, you call it Allah, you call it Buddha, whatever. You are to form a force field, a vortex of energy. And I can tell you this. One day in many conversations that uh, me and the prime minister have, um, we was actually talking about the death of Don Cornelius, what really happened to do the soul train and how him and Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston was up in the parallel. We ran that whole story, ran that connection. And it was a gray sky, and I got pictures of it. Uh, the eyes of heaven appeared, literally. Two bright lights, literally big celestial eyeballs appeared. This ain't no joke. I'm dead serious. It's a gray sky, and it's clear as day. The eyes opened up in the sky and looked down upon us. I got the pictures of it. I'm telling you this from experience. This is not no philosophy. This is not conjecture. This is an actual physical experience that we've documented and have the proof that it is real. So what you need on this level of experience in your being because the next stop is, is, is a very vicious reality. Again, at spirit number six, we are to understand light, but we are to create a vortex of spiritual energy. It's about you having a relationship, whether it's intimate or, or a friendship. Because um, 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 I'm, I'm going to tell you something, man. This, we, man, we got this book coming out called Wisdom for the 21st Century that will be coming. And I ain't talking about because we ain't got the release date on it officially yet, but it's already complete. The only thing we got to do is pretty much get the barcode and then go ahead and, you know, just take the, you know, the, the proper process as we're doing right now. But anyway, uh, we talked about twin flames and soulmates, man. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. you got to have a relationship, and I'm going to say it, because it was talked about in the Bible very eloquently through Moses and Aaron being these two brothers, um, and then they later finalized it in Revelation with the two witnesses in Chapter 11 of Revelations, all right, the two witnesses who come. You, the two witnesses, is is it's inside of your brain as well. All right, it's 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 called the um, it's called the cranial nerves. All right, uh, which are a pair. You got twelve pairs of them, so you got twenty four of them. All right, so it's talking about you, and and it's talking about your ovaries and your two ears, and you know, it's, so your left and right side is also witnessing your reality as well. But when you get with somebody else, y'all are to become a mirror of what's internally inside of you, and you two are to become the two witnesses. And that is the highest level of soulmate slash twin flame. There's no difference in that reality for me. And, and, and I'm saying that to say because to a degree the new definition of twin flame kind of devalues what a soulmate is, and anybody can be your soulmate, so therefore – you know, since anybody can be your soulmate, this this relationship is more intimate. And, that, and that's cool. I get it because if you send the twin flame, it's just more of an intimate sexual partner. You know what I'm saying? And y'all share the same. You know, it's just more. It, it appears to be that it, it, what we call EC. It's, it's it's extreme compatibility in this particular um, department. And extreme compatibility is a matter of a choice, ladies and gentlemen. Because guess what? Somebody that's your twin flame can easily make a choice to say they ain't your twin flame no more, and they start doing certain things and going through certain life experience and start making some crazy decisions, all of a sudden they ain't going to be your twin flame no more. I promise you that. 
That's your definition of it. So if it's about compatibility, then compatibility is based off choices that you make. I like the fact that you talk about science, dude. I love the fact that, you know what I'm saying, you on your game like that. That's what I'm into. These are choices that people make. So therefore, a person can make the right choice and align themselves up to anything in this universe and thus become a twin flame and a soulmate by a matter of a choice, Jack. I'm telling you that. So the highest level of experience is for you to be able to create a vortex in a relationship, a spiritual phenomenon, when you start to see what we call synchronicities or what the world calls coincidences come back in your life. you got to build with somebody on a consistent basis, consistent basis, consistent basis, so much so that the ideas and concepts and things that you're talking about, when you go out, in that very moment that you go out, you start to see something that y'all talked about in that conversation. That's how you know that's your soulmate and that's your divine twin flame. Minister Drew, my damn point play, in an aspect of creating a vortex of reality, all right? I ain't talking about in no damn intimate relationship. I ain't talking about that, all right? I'm talking about in the spiritual realm of creating a vortex of cause and effect in this reality, and you can merge your consciousness with anyone who agrees to merge their consciousness with you for you to create this reality, all right? Time to stop playing with this. So that's the ultimate goal in this particular sphere, all right? So... You need this level of experience in your being because the next stop and next week's guest is going to be Minister Jew because we're going to talk about sphere number five, Gaborah, known as Dean, known as Judgment. This is where you're going to run into the dark internal forces of your psychology. This is where your real ego seeks to rob you from the ultimate experience of Tafarit. All right, it seems to bring you down and don't want you to get into your higher self. This is one aspect of the energy. All right, so you must be clothed in the light of the creator right here, the light of the sun in the sky, in order to successfully get outside of the gravitational pull of Mars. In other words, and I don't promote stuff like that sometimes, I let people find it. Solar Power 111 is perhaps one of the most advanced things I personally ever put together, but I let people gravitate towards it the way they gravitate towards it, and I don't push it like that because it's for those who get it. See, this is the thing. When are you going to understand this? That in the solar system diagram, you see all the planets revolve around the sun. Once you activate your energy and become with the sun, then they start to revolve around you. And you don't have to necessarily have it. You won't have these unexpected events that pop up on your behind called an accident, unexpected expenses and, and anger and fights and things of that nature because you are the sole operator that's in control of your reality. How do you do that? You have to fuse your consciousness with the sun. All right? So, that again, that's going to be in November, you know, in the November course that we start to get inside of some of these practices on working with light. And also, it's also available now more from the Indian tradition of mantra and understanding the position as a sun as it goes through 12 different heavenly stations, Jesus, right? These 12 different heavenly stations, guess what? Not just in the sky, but in your life. Oh, yeah, in your life. Because the time of your birth predicates everything. See, don't you know if you were born close to sun, sunset, the sun was in the western horizon, that's a different type of energy throughout the day that we talked about earlier with the four stations, that's a different type of energy than when the sun was born at high, the sun was at high noon. Energetically throughout the day, that's a different energy point. So since that's a different energy point, guess what? Your demeanor is going to come off different than a person who was born on the exact same day, the exact same year, but they were born early in the earlier part of the day. And their whole life is going to be different from yours. And that's why people don't people don't really understand that concept of, well, if you if you born on the same day, why ain't both of y'all doing the same thing? 
It's like why twins don't do the same thing. Because there's different aspects of light that one gravitates towards in their chart that they like this one a little bit better by choice. The choice is there for the other for the other person too. You understand? It's a choice that a person makes. Which goes back to spirit number eight that we talked about is the supreme one of the supreme spheres in this reality for you to understand your intelligent self, the conscious choices that you make. All right? So next week we're going to get into spirit number five, Gabor Dean, because we hear this so much. Why are you judging me? Minister Jew, if you still remember, I'm to open your line where your line is open. But uh, I want you to come on in. But, um, you know, why are you judging me? Ooh, people be saying that. I can't get it because it's like, yo, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You mean to tell me that if, if it's true, I make a true statement or opinion. I mean, that was just stupid that you did that. You put your hand on the stove and you burnt yourself. That's stupid. Why you got to judge me? So at what point is it judgment? Or better yet, how about this? Any spiritual tradition is talking about taking you from the ignorant state of being to a better state of being. The person who is in the ignorant state of being can look at this wisdom that's being taught as, why you want to judge me, though? Why you got to be talking about me? So at what point is it wisdom, and at what point is it, like, what is this judgment thing? Like, like only God can judge me. That's not true. That's, that is not true. Man judge you all the time, and you make judgment called rational decisions all the time in your life. You have to make a judgment. So what is it about judgment that we get so, oh, you're talking about me, and that wasn't right. But if I say it in a nice way, like, yo, brother, um, you know, you shouldn't put your hand on the stove, man, because, you know, that can really cause some third-degree burns and you can really hurt yourself. Oh, thank you very much. But if I say, hey, man, that was stupid. Oh, why you got to judge me? So is it you don't like the way I'm saying it, it becomes judgment? We're going to crack this whole judgment thing. One of the best things that you can do when understanding the Bible is when was the first time the word was used in Scripture as the inception point to get you to understand the psychological, spiritual process of the word? All right. So we're going to go into the realm of the dean, the judgment, next week in in, 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 in the force of Mars because I'm going to tell you our father in the sky and everybody in the network, I make it a point every month, well, not every month, almost every two months, when that planet makes a shift in a new constellation, you better know where it is. You absolutely 100% better know where it is because that planet there, when it is at that angle that I talked about uh, earlier, when it's at that 90-degree angle in your life, let's just use it as an example, and you got to look sideways and you ain't paying attention and you don't know that this joint is running and sending the ray of energy directly towards you and that ray of light meets you at the intersection, that's called you got into a physical accident in real life or that's called somebody that jumped on you and you, you didn't have to beat somebody or somebody didn't beat you physically. Or somebody then broke inside, broke into, broke into your house because Mars is the burglar as well. Because you wasn't making the observation. It's seeing something coming from the side. That's the one planet that you know is real. Me and my father's home, he's like, man, what you think about man going to Mars? I said, well, Dad, that's good for the sake of technology and the ability to be able to do it. But if you understand the psychological process in which that planet represents inside of human nature, I said they should go to down planet up and maybe we'll have peace. Because right now, since 1776, the United States government, if you go to Wikipedia and you look at list of wars, I counted 86 wars. Maybe I missed one, maybe more. I counted 86 wars that the United States government has been involved in since 1776 
on average. That is the average of every two years this nation is at war. This nation don't know peace. This is the nation that the U.S. Capitol building, Google image it, at the U.S. Capitol building, they have a statue of the planet Mars, which represents warfare. The U.S. Capitol building is the place that makes federal laws. But the federal laws is predicated or protected at the entrance on the doorstep with Mars right there. Gabora, the judgment, the kick-ass planet. You got to understand that planet in the solar system, all right? So, again, to really get in tune with that, you have to join the Astro Tarot Network or the Star Network or my astrology coach on the membership page. So that's the one planet that's real. I predict, I can show you how to get babies with it. If you want to know when to have a baby and, and pregnant, understanding the energy of that right there. You want to go to war? It's understanding that right there. When you make time, you want to experience some drama and you don't want to, that planet right there. All right, Minister Jew, if you wish, man, come on on, man. Give us an introduction into the judgment and, and get spilled on some things, man. And again, everybody, visit the website, myastrologycoach.com. Like I said, our next event is Mount Shasta, Summer Solstice. That's where we're going to be at up in the mountains, man. So um, definitely, definitely don't miss it, man. Don't miss it. And, um, um, oh, hold on, hold on, man. I messed up. I supposed to have you live from the gate. Minister Jew, you there? Yo, peace. What's happening? Hey, hey, what's good, man? What's the What's good, man? What's good, man? Back off of invigorating spring equinox, man. I just can't yeah. express enough the blast that we had in Orlando, Florida, man. Um, mm-hmm. I was telling Noble earlier <clears throat> the uh, the trip that he talked about earlier in the show uh, when we had that experience, man, on top of uh, – I think it was Chimney Rock, man, where that young boy was there with his family, and he had the 11 on his shirt. And uh, the phenomenon that took place after we did that ceremony, uh, I think that was the most, uh, it was it was a telltale sign for me that um, that the spirit lives within us, man. And uh, when we contact that thing, man, on the inside, uh, it shifts this reality, Um you know, sometimes it's hard to believe for people with a very, very uh, uh, left-brain-orientated way of viewing this reality. But I'm telling you, it has happened so many times, man, that and been documented so many times that, you know, it just gives you the sense of certainty that you are God, man. You you are an aspect of that force, Um that exists, man, in all times and spaces, man. But this trip, uh, I really enjoyed being in the position of the teacher uh, and being able to have just genuine fun, man. You know, a lot of times, man, when people deal with spirituality, it's all corny and people all uptight and, you know. But this trip, man, it was it was really authentic, man. We did the spiritual work. Uh, but we really had just a really good time, man, enjoyed each other's company. So tune in this Sunday, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I'm going to open the mic up to the people who came on the trip so that they can share their experience. Uh, a lot of new people came on this trip, man. They had some eye-openers, uh, to say the least, man. And the people on this trip really got some phenomenal things going on. And I want to introduce them to the listening audience because uh, they have some things that they need to offer. Uh, and sharing is the best way to receive, man. So we're going to put people out there on the platform. They got things for the people, man, that they can use to benefit themselves and their family. So 
Tune in to that show Sunday, 11 o'clock a.m. Dial in, same dial in number. Uh, what is it, 818-369-0368 is the number. So tune in, man, if y'all up Sunday uh, and come get some of that uh, experience and, and lend off some of that energy, man, that the people going to be vibrating uh, make you put a smile on your face. I swear, man, that's all I saw on this trip was just happy faces, dopamine rushes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, no, nah, man, man, you know, this Tal Tuesday thing, man, you know, Apoo, man, he's a wizard, man. This dude come up with, this dude to go grab somebody out of cookie jar, man, and find a way to uh, <laughs> make it relative, man. Like, you know, he can, he can blend it can blend anything, man. You gonna you gonna get whatever you whatever come out, man. It's gonna be a nice texture. Uh, you're gonna enjoy it, man. You're gonna see the similarities, man. And that's what's needed, man. The, the unification of these sciences, man, to show that uh, there's many different ways to skin a cat, man. And 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 uh, and depending upon your psychology, man, and how you view this world. Uh, each path is different for everybody, man. So if you are on the path of uh, enlightenment uh, and you in this school of thought or you in that school of thought, man, it's all relative, man, because everybody gets to where they're going, man, at their own time. Flowers bloom in different seasons, man. So, um, you know, it's just beautiful, man, to see it come together. But I was listening to this show, no, man. You know how we do, man. Like, uh, you know, I got some markers, man, in my light arrangement that uh, – that denotes uh, when, when when I have somebody to interact with uh, verbally, that ch- that chain reaction sparks a lot of ideas in my mind. So I'm listening to this show, and no, we mentioned earlier in the show. You said you know we never really see a sun sunrise, man. And uh, right. we talked about this before. And I, you know, I'm always looking at ways. How do we find the psychological correspondences to these things that appear external? Um, in the in the visible spectrum of light. You know, we see the sun, we see the moon, we see whatever we see in this reality. And the truth of the matter is this, people, is that all that we see in this visible spectrum, it's made visible through particles that we can't see. You know, uh, hydrogen atoms or helium atoms or whatever these things are. We cannot see these things, people, but these are the things that actually are the building blocks for all the things that we see with our physical eyes. So uh, to put a lot of weight in what we see physical, uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't use it because that's where the whole be now and understanding comes in at on how do we apply these things in our lives in the physical world. But when you get on a psycho-spiritual level uh, and you're talking about moving past the physical with forces and energy to move the physical, the actual particles that actually build the physical becoming in uh, a parallel uh, 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 um, or unison with these same forces that exist internally inside of you because you're made of these same particles, then that's a whole nother ball game. And um, when you're talking about, uh, you know, it takes light, what you say, you know, like eight minutes to get from the sun to the earth and, we always behind. I said, wow, well, where does that fit in in the psychology of man and woman? Where does, where does that fit in at? You're so awesome, right, that your 5D self creating all of these particles, photons, electrons, uh, all, you know, quarks, all, all these things that you cannot see, is saying, you know what? You're going to receive this light late so that you have an opportunity to observe it before, before it gets here 
So that when it arrives, you can collapse and then create whatever you want to create. You have a window mm-hmm. of opportunity because you know what's coming. You know light is coming, right? You have an opportunity to observe it in your psychological mind to collapse that wave and create a physical reality here that we call, in this sense, seeing the sun or the light from the sun, you know. And when you mention Noble, uh, the prayer, uh, when people were actually being prayed for in the future, right, mm-hmm. These, it, there's actually particles that express this in, in the quantum. You have a particle called a positron that actually moves in backwards motion. It's the opposite of an electron, and it's generated when an atom starts to decay. It starts to create these things called positrons that actually move backwards in time. So mm-hmm. uh, when we think things are set in stone in this reality, and, boy, when this website is fully functioning, uh, y'all about to be in for some treats on this imagination thing. We, we about to turn it up. When you understand how these particles work, right, what you think is already done in the past and that you think cannot be altered because it happened yesterday or the week before, but it is still having an effect on your life today, right, you can alter those experiences that what you think happened in the past. And then all of a sudden, things will start to unravel, which makes those things that happened in the past no longer be part of your present moment that may be causing you a hindrance, see? So when you understand that light is not subject to space and time, it is outside of space and time, then that means when we start operating like the atoms that we are, we, we have an unlimited potential to create, to dispose, to generate, to degenerate, to do all these things in the moment that we're in through an aspect in our minds. And this is what the whole imagination guru is going to be based upon because this is the aspect of the mind that actually has corresponding agents to how the quantum actually works when you're dealing with these probabilities and possibilities, man. And uh, another example, Noble, I don't know if you've got but this just happened. Like, he had somebody come who was part of the network a couple of weeks back, unexpected visitor, you know what I mean? He wanted to come by, show some love, um, talk to the brother, man, who's part of uh, one of the programs that him and Keisha has going on. And uh, it was unexpected. Now, she delivers packages and moves packages, you know, a- across the country. Her last name happens to be King, right? So the very next day, right, I checked I check my box, right, my, my mailbox, and I have a package that was misdelivered that didn't even belong nowhere around uh, where I live at. Like the street was a total street, not even close in my zip code. But the individual who it was addressed to, last name was King, right? That's so right. That's right. what we're trying to explain to you guys is when you start operating on this level where all you do is become the Tahuti, right, and you're discussing elements about my yacht and how these things bring reciprocity, balance, uh, uh, all these things into your environment, right, then you become the deity or the force that exists before anything comes into physical manifestation. So we got we got people who deliver in package showing up unexpected, king. I'm getting packages that don't belong to me, unexpected, king. But 
the answer is in what's in the package, which which I won't say because that is strictly for the sender and the receiver. So we can tell you uh, how it may show up. We can even tell you how to package it to get it to where it's going. But you, the sender, and whoever's receiving it on the other end, whatever the content is inside of this photon that's being released, is up to the users involved. So that's how we got the message. Okay, we got two kings showing up unexpectedly, right? But what's the message in the bottle? What's the content that was in the package? That's where the lesson is to be learned on what we should be doing next. This is how light is communicating with us because it's obviously intelligent, right. you see. So, right. you know, we're brothers, man, and, and, and this is how this thing works, man. This is all we do every day. Like, some of the conversations that we have, man, like, man, I wish we would have recorded all of them because there's so many Jews that get trapped inside of these dialogues that just happen on the fly. Like, we could just be on the fly, and then we build it, and then something show up in our reality that match exactly what we're talking about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that, um, man, we probably could have wrote five books by now, no, but to keep it real. You know what I mean? Just going back and listening to some of the, 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 the you know. But um, but it's it's a beautiful thing, man, and the feeling and the elation that you get from having those experiences, right, where you're transcending Regular, you're transcending that. You are, you are literally creating reality with your mind, right? Mm-hmm. There is no feeling better in the world than that, and it never gets old. It's, it's like always a surprise. It always feels good because you're stepping into your godhood at that point. You know what I mean? But um, tune in this Sunday, man. We're going to talk a lot. We're going to talk a little quantum physics just a little bit. We're going to discuss, um, you know, some of, the, some of the questions that were asked on the trip prep people for the new book that we got coming out, Wisdom for the 21st Century, by the Urban Mystic and the Urban Guru. Y'all be on the lookout for it, man. It's going to be phenomenal, Um, real good information based off our experiences and our perspectives from those experiences, man. So tune in, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got a lot of listeners. We we, we thankful uh, for the supporters that we have, man, the people who actually get it, the people that want to get it, and the people that are going to get it. Everybody's welcome, man, because... Um, it just it's just that time, man, to share and have people expand in consciousness, man. So with that, man, I'm just gonna fall back, man, and, and, and get ready for next week's show when we get into this judgment. Yeah. I had a hell of an experience about three weeks ago, where uh, I fell victim to my to me not following my own uh, 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 principles, right? Because the because the mind is like a you know it's like Christ, right? You know, he said. He had to ride the wild donkey and tame the wild donkey in the New Testament. That's symbolic for the mind. The mind is like a donkey. It's wild. It's always all over the place. You're thinking about this. You're thinking about that. Um, trying to discipline it is difficult. You know what I mean? And you have to stay on it. You have to You have to get in the groove. You have to apply some Saturn to it. You know what I mean? And sometimes you'll slip up, but that's where the lesson is to be learned. Uh, and sometimes that lesson has to hit you where it hurt a little bit so that you can know I'm not doing that again, especially when I know in my own psychology what this will bring. You know what I mean? It says a lot about the ego, how tricky that thing is, man, to get you back into these left brain functions and and, and not utilizing it, uh, you know, to record and give it to the people in a way where it's conducive and it's constructive, man. So I'm going to share that experience next next week and we get into some of this judgment. But uh, other than that, man, that's pretty much it, the beer. 
<laughs> it is, man. Next week going to be off the chain. This Sunday, mark your calendar, Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, he on, and, 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 and I'm going to be on this because something happened. Something happened in the news about three days before the equinox that was a mirror of this reality of what we were doing in order for the success to happen. But you got to understand it. And the old ancient spiritual mythology was played out from this equinox. And, and, and I'm glad you said that. It's funny how spirit works, that, that, that there's a kingship that has been given to a select group of people from the spiritual plane onto the physical plane as well. And I'm going to show you how that has everything to do with this spring equinox that just passed. And you that's listening, even though you weren't there, if you weren't there, but you're there in spirit and you support in spirit and you know in spirit, it's talking to you as well. Believe that. You are the particle accelerator just by your mind alone. All right, so don't ever physically think that just because you physically wasn't there, it ain't talking about you. Nah, uh-uh. This thing is a mental aspect before it's anything in this reality. So tune in this Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Like we said, visit the website, My Astrology Coach. The minister told you the website, something's coming, but uh, we're going to send it it's out to you. It's Sunday, though. It's Sunday. It's this Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. It's not Saturday, yeah. y'all. It's, it's Sunday. Sunday, 329 yeah. well, yeah, this Sunday. This Sunday. Okay, yeah, so it's, it's going to be on, y'all. It's going it's to be on. So definitely tune in, man. So with that, man, we see y'all Sunday. Peace. Peace.